You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. This morning, um, we're going to be taking a look at patience um, and the slow work of God and how we can trust the Lord's timing and bear well with the in-between Amazing. Um, Patience is one of those virtues that it can feel like not many of us um, are mastering just yet. Um, It's something that we see so clearly in the heart of Jesus and something that I know that God shows towards me daily, but one that we can miss the richness of practicing and cultivating in our own lives. And we can be much more familiar with feelings of impatience and frustration than um, than patience itself and we can often know what it is through our lack of it Um, you might even be able to think of a few moments this week or even this morning when you could have practiced more patience Um, and in in Galatians 5 22 we read about the fruit of the spirit so these are the things that show up in someone's life where God and his presence are at work and they are love joy Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And some translations use the word forbearance instead of patience. And forbearance means restraining, refraining from the enforcement of something, such as a debt, a right, or an obligation that is due. So patience can look like someone um, who is able to endure hardship without responding in frustration or anger. Someone who is able to give you space and make room for you, even when it costs them. Someone giving you, giving you time to express your questions, your thoughts, your worries or your dreams without hurry. And someone who, when is hurt, is quick to forgive. And we don't always lean into working on this stuff for ourselves, but we so highly value it when we benefit from it in other people. Being impatient is justified by the world around us. Um, I'm equally horrified and really impressed that you can get your shopping delivered to you in eight minutes when I'm normally battling with the self-service machine for eight minutes minimum. So it's Tesco whoosh or something, I don't know. Um, And patience isn't celebrated as a strength either. We've almost made a mockery of waiting well. Someone saying, I'm just so impatient, is pretty normal, as if it's something we can't control. So let's just explore this morning a number of ways that we can cultivate that in our lives. So number one, patience is a fruit. I love the language of patience being a fruit in our lives. As Paul writes in Galatians, it sits alongside some really big names, love, joy, and peace. And these are helpful markers of the spirit at work in our lives. And we can give fruit really good conditions in order to thrive. And then we can see it grow. So we can neglect it and choose to ignore it, its use when, it, when the time presents itself. And that could turn our lovely fruit bad. If you've ever bitten into a fluffy apple that looked really delicious from the outside, you'll know what I mean. It's an absolute waste of time. And if you don't know what I mean, you can consider yourself blessed. Um, what does Fruit is designed to be um, healthy and grow um, and thrive. And what does it look like in your life? Is it thriving or is it dying? Is it sour when someone or a situation demands patience for you or a sweet experience at the person, um, for the person at the other end of your interaction? It's very hard to practice patience when everything is going our way. A smooth sailing day with no problems or trials is not a day that patience has a chance to grow. Patience isn't needed to enjoy your favourite movie. You don't impatiently eat your favourite meal. You might linger in it, savour in it, and enjoy the moment. 
but patience comes and is needed in those other in-between moments. That could be a fleeting moment in a day when your patience is tested, but we also experience it and need it in deeper seasons of waiting, enduring, and walking through trials. And like a muscle, patience doesn't grow just by thinking about it. We need to practice it. And you can see its strength in your life by the weight that it can bear. And thankfully for us, our lives give plenty of opportunity to practice patience. Earlier on in Galatians 5, Paul mentions that we can be transformed by each of these fruits. Um, And that isn't easy, and that's a battle. So, um, So he says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. This is literally describing a tug of war. We need the Holy Spirit to silence the cravings of our sinful desires. To win a tug of war, the Holy Spirit muscle in your life needs to be familiar to you and well used. How can you overcome the cravings of our human nature, which loves instant gratification and selfish ambition? We practice loving what the Spirit loves. My sinful nature has never craved the opportunity to be patient But boy, do I find disappointment in my heart when I know I've dropped the ball on it, even if that's only between only me and the Lord who know about it. It is not in our nature to delay what we've decided is best for our lives. If you're someone who highly values efficiency and lacks patience, you will find those unnecessary delays unbearable. Any self-centered desires that we've justified as best for our lives when challenged, whether that comes through a person or a situation, could feel threatening. And if you're easily angered, impatience might be a fast track to anger for you. It is not normal to refrain from the enforcement of the right we feel we have over the life we think is best for us. Other people get in the way and hold us up. We can blame and get angry at God or others who must have forgotten to consider us. And we find ways to fast track these desires in place of waiting it out with the one who can see the bigger picture of our lives and that he has our lives in his hands. And thankfully, we're also invited to ask for help. At the end, we will make some space to pray with and for each other, um, and you're really welcome to take part in that. Um, And you can ask for help to show patience towards others and and grace for ourselves too in those in-between moments. And it might be um, a prayer that you need to also pray multiple times a day, um, but it will be so much sweeter to walk patiently with God's help. And we can't really talk about patience without acknowledging how the Lord is patient with us. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with the worst sinners then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. So number two, God made the first move. Patience here is all about salvation. God has grace and is patient with us, even the most grotty parts of our lives. He doesn't hurry along, hurry us along. We get to choose, and often we're the ones being slow. We are examples of his great patience. Paul, writing in 2 Peter 3.8, says... 
Beloved, do not let this one thing escape your notice. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Paul is writing to people who, like us, might have wanted God to speed up his plans, get to the end, to when we can be with him forever. But for God, patience is all about his grace and love. As in Timothy, and as in Timothy, it's all about salvation. He is taking time to give us chance to know him and love and repent and turn back to him. So God's patience is motivated by grace and salvation so that all will have a chance to know him. And that's a pretty good bar to aim for in our pursuit of patience and knowing grace. So does our reaction to an inconvenience point someone more towards Jesus, more towards salvation and grace or away from him? Do we prefer our impatience over other people's understanding of Jesus? This is a tricky thing to pin down because there is a time to stand up for things, but, but we can choose our own offense at the expense of others. We are patient because he was first patient with us. We get to show patience in those small irritations of our, in our day and in the longer yearning of our hearts, as we'll read in a moment. But it's so upside down to our world. And when something challenges the status quo, people take notice. Will they be taking notice of a quick temper or someone who is quicker to give people time and space, not being hurried along because that's the grace that was first shown to us? Number three, patience trusts. We're going to take a little look at Habakkuk, who trusted in God when the outcome was unknown. Habakkuk is a tiny book in the Old Testament, um, and it's where we meet Habakkuk, um, who experienced the slow work of God. So, so this guy saw the rising threat of Babylon on the Jewish people, and he speaks to God, shares about his struggles of longing for good when there is so much evil and trouble. He is writing full of lament. He's struggling and he's really honest. He pulls no punches. And right at the beginning, verse 2, we dive straight in. So Habakkuk 1, if you're finding it, lovely. He says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere, I cry. But you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed. There is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. And God answers him, but he knows that Habakkuk won't get it. He replies, look around at the nations. Look and be amazed, for I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. And then he explains, I was going to let the Babylonians capture them, and Habakkuk says, surely you do not plan to wipe us out, but I am listening to what you say next. And God's like, yeah, I didn't think you'd get it. But just write this down and be patient. This is for a future time. So chapter 2, verse 2, God says, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Remember to Peter, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. God can see ahead and he knows how these things fit together. And Habakkuk couldn't have understood 
how God could let his people be captured by the Babylonians and how this would play into his long game of salvation and grace. All Habakkuk could see was evil and destruction right there and then. How could God turn that around? God, what are you doing? But he's saying, I will do something that you will not believe. I am going to bring salvation and grace out of justice and violence and oppression. I know you don't understand it, but you just have to bear with it and delay in trouble and patience. And by the time we get to the New Testament, a couple of, um, a few hundred years later, um, we get to see how God used that time of, of bearing with hardship and how this journey into Babylonian captivity was used powerfully by God. In the New Testament, the early church was finding its feet and Paul and Barnabas um, are talking through the story of salvation and they refer back to Habakkuk. In Acts um, chapter 13, it says, Brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something that the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you, for they said, and he's quoting back to Habakkuk, Look, you mockers, be amazed and die, for I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. That thing that I was doing that you had to be patient for was Jesus and how he would bring salvation. God is saying, be patient with me. Salvation is coming through this. Grace is coming through this. And Paul years later reminded them of this and that grace and salvation was Jesus. He brings light out of darkness, salvation and redemption out of suffering and injustice. And... Um, historians have commented actually on this whole period that um, by being captured by the Babylonian empire that meant that the Jews in that time were scattered across this huge empire and, and most of them even when they had the opportunity to return um, back to Jerusalem years later they stayed lots of them stayed dispersed um, in these areas they set up communities homes places of worship um, um, communities of people who knew God um, a common language and welcomed people who then found God through those communities eventually these areas then came under Roman occupation which was really brutal but a largely peaceful time and then came Jesus he lived his life of miracles, divinity, teaching, and love. And in Acts, we read about how this good news of the gospel spread. Jesus' followers and many more who encountered the living God spread across the Roman Empire using those handy roads that the Romans built. They were able to reach these communities of people ready to listen, a community linked together through a joint history that welcomed people in. It was through these groups and communities that the gospel of Jesus spread. It changed everything and enabled the good news to spread as quickly as it did, straight to the ears of people who were ready to hear. So these violent oppressors, I hope you're bearing with me, <laughs> that Habakkuk would have been happy if God would have annihilated, literally paved the way for the peaceful message of Jesus to spread to a people who spoke a common language, and the gospel spread. So without this captivity, this scattering of people, it could have easily stayed with a small group of people in Jerusalem. We are to bear with the things that we don't understand and know that there is permission to give God your grottiest and most real feelings as Habakkuk did and give God space to speak into them. But Habakkuk still wanted to see the end of evil and trouble, but his patient trust in God protected their relationship both ways. God is good, so despite everything, Habakkuk does trust in him. The very last two verses of Habakkuk's whole book reads, Yet yeah, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. 
He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. And so, number four, patient hope protects our relationships with God and with one another. After Paul wrote about the fruits of the Spirit in his letter to Galatians, he rounded it off with this in verse 24. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So in those moments when someone is demanding that you tolerate delay, suffering or trouble, can you do it without getting upset or angry? That person who provokes you or invokes jealousy is now the person who gets to refine patience in your life. When they grate on you, it's an opportunity to strengthen patience with the power of the Holy Spirit. Patience bears with each other in love. It protects relationships and doesn't choose to destroy, whether through a harsh word, an abrasive action, or just a subtle tut under your breath. And if you've, if you've ever seen Inside Out, the Disney film, um, it's brilliant. Um, and even if you've not got kids, watch it, it's great. Um, and inside Riley's brain um, live all of her emotions, and they work together to make decisions about how she reacts. And one point, um, Riley, this little girl, is sick sitting having dinner with her parents and um, over dinner and anger this amazing fireball character living in the control center of her brain um, takes over it in a conversation and no good comes out of it there's shouting rash rash decisions and it just doesn't go well relationships needed a lot of healing after that moment There's no patient pause um, and anger is built upon there's misunderstanding and no grace patience and when you practice it helps you build those crucial pause moments in your life that small check on your spirit to decide the best response that gap between the offense in front of you and how you choose to react and the potential course of action you can take is critical to ensure that your emotions aren't ruling your life allowing yourself time to to make kind rational relationship protecting responses is a tough one it might mean after you've given someone else, a, a little person, a timeout, that you need to give yourself a timeout after a moment of conflict or having that con- those consistent pause moments in your day to be with God. He made us amazingly so that even just taking a deep breath of oxygen actually helps calm us down. Use that. Isn't it so like God that in moments of trial and offence, we have a chance to grow in love and patience for each other and then show this salvation grace that motivates God's patience with us does our patience lead people towards knowing God more or does our offense at inconvenience kill the impact that the gospel can have through us number six this patient pause also creates space to forgive Colossians 3 13 says bear with each other and forgive one another for if any one of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you keep your hearts clear towards one another Be forgiving of offences, delay, grievances and insults. Show forbearance by refraining from the enforcement of your rights that you feel would be due. I love that um, patience is linked to salvation and there's probably loads of richness in that and we're just scratching the surface of it this morning. But remember the joy of your salvation and it might shine a new light on your situation. Often forgiveness isn't asked for or even acknowledged but that's the way of Jesus to do it anyway. 
From deep suffering on the cross, Jesus said to the Father in Luke 23, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. There are also times to forgive and, and healthily tackle behaviour. Come at those conversations after a moment of pause and strengthening from the Spirit. Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Paul saying, now forgive us, the Lord forgave you, isn't supposed to be a punishment for us. It's meant to free us and lead us to whole, healthy hearts. So drop the grudge, stop snubbing each other, and freely forgive. When people look at the church, what will they see? A body of people who are different, but are doing their best to live like Jesus and one another, and love one another. The way we love one another is a witness of God's grace and salvation to the world. Jesus shared in John 13, right after washing everyone's feet, that his disciples were to love one another. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It couldn't be. <laughs> he couldn't have made it clearer. Serving one another isn't just something that we do on a Sunday by putting the chairs out and preparing a coffee but it's being kind and patient when someone gets it wrong and staying united as a body that reflects Jesus. Patience protects these relationships. The patient pause can also provide a helpful check on our hearts to identify other emotions creeping in. Um, and there are times that can be particularly testing during illness, anxiety and significant relational strains or when life is just tough and unjust where we can't see how God can turn our situations for his glory, and it can just feel like pain. What we can be feeling below the surface in those moments isn't just dealing with delay on the surface level, but we can find fear and anxiety bubbling away. For example, you could think, if I don't look out for my own needs, no one else will. But the Lord says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? That's in Matthew 6. If I don't get what I desire, then God, you can't really know or understand me. But the Lord says in Psalm 139, Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. If I don't have the thing everyone else has, I've been rejected. But the Lord says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by his means of his marvellous glory and excellence. You might have heard of the um, phenomenon called main character syndrome. It's where someone lives in a way that considers themselves as the main character in the movie of their life. And having main character energy typically means that someone sees that their life is the most important and everyone else is a supporting actor. Literally other people are there to, to, um, to support the main character in their desires and their dreams. That way of self-centered living would leave you highly prone to offense, delay and problems that you believe others are there to fix for you. Other people become the obstruction and the extras in the movie of our life. And this way of living is totally backwards to the kingdom of heaven. 
Jesus, when talking to his disciples in Matthew 20, said, You know that the rulers in this world lord over their people, and officials flaunt their authority to, of those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must become your servant, and whoever wants to be first, the main character, must become your slave, the extra. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but I added that ad-libbing. <laughs> that is not, you won't find that in Matthew. Um, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus didn't come as a king in robes demanding fine foods and palaces. He served and gave his life. He came across people who caused him delay, who tried to provoke him and ultimately did kill him. But he did it because it meant salvation for us. And I recently heard this beautiful quote from C.S. Lewis that says, there are no, it's part of a really beautiful long quote, but I've just picked a bit out. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, arts, cultures, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life to us, to ours, as the life of a gnat. But it is important whom we joke with, we work with, marry, snub, and exploit. We have to spot this in ourselves and remove ourselves from a place of entitlement where we believe the world revolves around us and that impatience is justified. This doesn't mean becoming a doormat for people to walk all over. We could speak about healthy boundaries, loving ourselves well, having do doing justice um, and doing conflict well, but I trust that you hear the heart of this and that many of us have got to go a long way with patience um, before we get to the problem perhaps of being too patient. So our lives are to be entrusted to God. They're not our own to revolve around, um, around ourselves and our best plans. He is our centre of gravity and not ourselves. And he can be trusted with our lives. For our final thoughts, I just want to look um, for a moment at the beginning of Mark's gospel. Um, and that's something that, there's, that can teach us about patiently trusting we're convinced when we're convinced that we've got better plans. So in, in Mark 1, we're doing lots of skipping around today, aren't we? The Bible. In Mark 1, a leper comes to Jesus and he begs him to make him well. He says, if you're willing, make me clean. Um, and Jesus reaches out, touches him. I'm willing, he says, and the man is healed. Amazing. Verse 43, Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Have you ever read something and thought, uh, Jesus? What, what do you mean by that one? If you were Jesus' PR disciple, and he didn't have one, but maybe you would have like just taken him aside for a minute and said, Jesus, what you've just done is wild. And if this guy could maybe tell more than just the priest and just tell everybody in town, you're going to be really well known. I know that you've got your plans for your ministry and your timings, but trust me, let's get this ministry going. Jesus must have known that this, this instruction would have sounded odd or restrictive. His strong warning to the, to the guy who'd just been healed was as if he was saying, I know that there's something that you think is best for you to tell everyone, but actually this moment isn't about you. Please don't do that thing that you think is best. Please be patient. Trust my timings and my plan. I'm going to need you to keep this healing between you me, the priest, and the few people around. But why such a strong request? I never used to understand it. Why not celebrate and enjoy the healing further? 
wouldn't that have accelerated Jesus's ministry? More people would have come, more people would have been healed. Um, but the guy who had just been healed did ignore what Jesus said, um, and he told everyone. Verse 45, but the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. <clears throat> okay, so it sounds busy, so busy that he can't get back into town and is forced to leave. But people just keep coming to him in those secluded places too. But it's Jesus. We know that he was good for it. Surely it was okay. But I think the clue to that stern warning might be in chapter 2 in Mark verse 1, from verse 1. A few days later, a few days later, when Jesus again was able to enter Capernaum, the people heard, the people, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they couldn't get to him, to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the man, lowered the mat the man was lying on through the roof. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And then there's a moment between Jesus and the religious teachers, um, but eventually this paralyzed man gets up and walks out of there. He's made well in his body and in his heart as well. Perhaps Jesus knew that people would flock to see the leper healing man so much that he would be forced out of town, away from the people who couldn't get to him, but who needed him the most. So often Jesus puts himself in places where the sick, poor and the hungry can get to him. You see it all the way through the Gospels. The paralyzed man's friends weren't super likely to carry their friend into the wilderness to find Jesus. They had to wait until he was close, the town, where they could bring their friend. And even then it was enough of a challenge. If the leper in the previous chapter had listened to Jesus, Jesus might have been able to stay longer to the people who needed him in those ways, able to weave around and carry on his business and get to the people who couldn't travel far to get to him, who couldn't take a day off at a whim from their jobs in Capernaum, specifically those who are financially poor and the poorly, people who Jesus repeatedly makes a beeline for. Jesus was highly intentional with his time. He was focused and steady. It didn't always make sense what he was up to or his instructions. And when he's really very clear about something and we overrule it, are there other others that we're unintentionally causing harm? When Jesus heard that one of his best pals was poorly and close to dying, it took him an extra few days to get to him. He then didn't get to him and make him well because his friend had already died. But he brought him back to life instead. And looking back, I can see why he might have taken the scenic route to show his power even over death. Sometimes we think we're doing God a favor by speeding things up and doing it our way. But that's not necessarily true. He has plans for the in-between. And they're almost always about new ways that we couldn't second guess, about people coming to know him and encountering his love. And he has grace as well for when we do fill the gaps with our plans. We can't always see ahead or work it out. But we have to trust and have patient hope that he is good and he is God. And when we enforce, even when we want to enforce our timings and plans. So if you're in a place of deep waiting and longing, like Habakkuk, if you're prone to looking for the fast track, like the leper in Mark, 
We were just learning to bear with each other in love and grace. May you do it in light of the salvation that you've received and with a deep trust in the timing of the Lord to turn even the darkest of suffering into light. So shall we, shall we stand and pray, if you can? So we're just going to make some time now to, to pray um, and, and wait on the Holy Spirit and see what he wants to do. So, so Father, you are welcome here. Thank you for your goodness and your spirit. Would you come? Thank you that you are in this place. Just as we wait on the Lord, just to encourage you to just be focusing on Jesus, be almost in your mind's eye, just be knowing that that He is here, that He is, yeah, that He is with us, that that He is watching over you, but also just in front of you. I love how Neri was speaking about patience today and um, I didn't actually know that she was speaking on, on, on that subject today but as we were singing this morning uh, in, in that song the um, now for refining mm. we, we are more than we we are more than we've become mm. and that word refining just stuck in my mind and, and pretty much throughout the whole rest of rest of worship um we're all on, on a journey we're all we have an identity which is more than what we are currently and we're working our way towards it and that does require patience mm. for all of us we're not yet there we're not yet at the point where things are sorted in our bodies in our minds in our in our spirit there's work to be done and we all need patience as we enter in this, this work of being refined. Mm. And there have been a, a few words shared as well uh, this morning. A number of people were praying for us as we, uh, as we were setting up and, and during, uh, during the gathering as well. And there's just a, a, a real sense that there, there, there is someone here maybe with, with chronic illness, in, in particular um, headaches that have uh, been, been, been an issue for a while, uh, and, and maybe more people with, with a general, uh, general chronic illness that, um, uh, that you've been wrestling with and, and maybe even wrestling in, in prayer with, with God about. Uh, and we'd really just love to, uh, love to pray for you and... Yeah, and God knows, and, and we'll have a moment where people will be able to come to the front and the sides, and we'd just love to come alongside you and, and pray for you as you've been waiting and, and wrestling in that.
Yeah, I just have a, a sense as well that for some of for some of us it's where you've you've pinned so much on a moment or or something coming through for you and that is your your moment of knowing that if that happens God then then you are good and you are real. And I think this morning might be an offering moment of of offering that to him and having just an encounter afresh of his love and his goodness and finding him in the in-between. And also had a sense of um, that for some for some people here as well, this might be this might be new actually in the and the stuff around salvation really stirred your heart and and actually you you might have been coming for a while or you might you might just feel like actually I, I really want to just make a commitment to Jesus um, for the first time and and for some people that will be a, a fresh and a refreshing but for some of you this this is a first time thing um, so we really want to make space for that as well um, and in a moment um, yeah we'll make space for people to respond and come forward but if that is you and you, you want to commit your life to Jesus and following him and saying yes to his salvation and his grace in your life, then then do that. Um, and if that is you, please do tell the person that you're praying with um, and they can they can lead you in that. And just on that, I think specifically for those people who do feel this is a moment maybe to put your trust in Jesus for the first time, I think you one of the ways that God would have been speaking to you throughout today is actually a reminder of God paving the way up to this point today. Naomi spoke about uh, Habakkuk and, and how uh, he was spoken to of a time to come and how uh, and how they then later in Hebrews they were able to look back and and know those, those moments and that, that actually there is a time and almost that that paving of the way that Maybe even today you've just realized, like, oh, yes, like God has been speaking. He has been on my case and paving the way. And, and that is just um, almost just tying in as well, actually, with, with that sense, uh, maybe this morning, that uh, having fire in your heart, having a, that, that your, your heart is, is burning right now. And, and that, I, I really feel, is a, almost an invitation to, to, to come forward today to receive, uh, to receive prayer. So there have been a number of things been shared today, and, and indeed the Lord will be speaking to you uh, in, in, in many ways that have not been mentioned. But why don't you make, a, make this a, a, a moment right now while we're still all standing, just to come to the sides, come to the front. Uh, the Lord wants to be personal with us. He wants to meet with us, and, and we don't want to let that opportunity go by. So let's be family. Let's come to the front, come to the sides, uh, be prayed for, and there'll be people in the life of the church who are part of a small group here that would love to come alongside you and and pray for you so why don't you do that now and as people do respond and come up for prayer let's not leave them long let's not leave them waiting let's be family let's come alongside our brothers and sisters and and just pray for them see what the lord is doing And the, the band are just going to come and um, just play some play in the background. Um, and if you're if you're engaging with the Lord, engaging, we do encourage you to come to the, the sides and get prayer. It's okay if you can't even put words to it. Um, 
but also just rest in his presence, what, we, what we're feeling, that, that peace that you might feel in this moment, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. Um, so yeah, we, we continue to welcome you, Jesus. And there's a lot of people um, waiting to be prayed for, so if, you, yeah, if you're able to, to come and pray, that would be amazing.